0: If we're not scanning everything, and you don't wanna scan everything, even if you could scan everything, um, how could you make the claim that you are getting any more secure? How do you know? Uh, You might Mm -hmm. be just wasting a bunch of time.
1: It's stressful to go it alone out there. You found CISO Stressed brought to you by Scythe. I'm your host, Liz Wharton, Lawyer Liz, Chief of Staff at Scythe. And with CISO Trust, we're a conversation bi-weekly with different CISOs and executives and discussing the issues that are top of mind and kind of tip of tongue. So with that, glad you could join us. Find past episodes, future episodes on SICE YouTube channel, as well as Apple Podcasts, wherever you stream and listen to your podcasts. So with that, we've brought in this week a veteran of the industry, but also when we talk about uh, stress these days, I mean, we've had confirmation that even our printers are truly out to get us. And uh, identifying different assets and inventory, I mean, if it is what helped cause issues with colonial pipeline, those undiscovered and forgotten uh, assets, then who better to speak with than our guest this week, Robert Hansen. And so he'll be joining us. And you know, Robert, we started discussing some of these issues with assets. Like, how many years? I mean, and when I say you have mm-hmm. been there, done that, and have the multiple T-shirts mm-hmm. and uh, stuff, uh, it's putting it mildly. I mean, you've been running and advising companies for how many years now?
0: <laughs> uh, just about twenty-seven now.
1: <laughs> well, welcome. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> and, uh, is it? safe to say it's hard to shock you? Is it the same stuff you see every, you know, like, oh, look, oh, we're having this vulnerability again.
0: Yeah. In fact, um, there's a handful of us who've kind of had this thing going for a while now, like, name the last vulnerability that really not just shocked you, but we did not have a defense for it. Like we co- <laughs> we couldn't have done something to stop it. And I I'll be honest, I can't remember. It's it's probably been a good ten years since there's been something I'm like, wow, that's truly innovative. We're gonna have to rethink architecturally rethink things, not just like patch or put a firewall <laughs> in front of it or whatever. So yeah, I don't I don't really get surprised anymore. Um, but I'm not. It's not to say I don't learn stuff. I learn stuff all the time. Uh, there's there's a lot of really interesting. In fact, I think the major difference between me now and me maybe even six months ago is Mm -hmm. I really started analyzing what the major problems are with back to Web AppSec, because I've been kind of going to network security for a while, and I'm kind of dovetailing back into Web AppSec, and I haven't really had a reason to think about the economics of the problem uh, for a long time. So now I'm doing it with a bit of distance and a little bit more time under my belt and I think I figured it out. Uh, And it's, it's like 10 separate problems. Uh, Only 10? uh, Well, you could say 11. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge about the 11th, uh, but definitely 10 problems. Um, uh, Like uh, I'll give you, I'll give you an example of a couple. Like I, I sit in a lot of meetings with a lot of people and once upon a time, I'd sit down with some security people at some random company and they would know what I'm talking about. It would be a bi directional conversation. We'd be having a good cock. And I don't know what it is, but the average uh, abilities of the people inside these companies that I talk to has declined a lot. Like, uh, they're, they don't seem to have the same talent on, per capita on average that they used to have. So that's a big problem because if you, it's not just that, you know, you can't train them up, you can train them up. but but i think that's just going to get worse and worse and worse over time. And i don't think that's going to get better over time. and if that's the case, like if you're a small company and you you don't have anything interesting going on, why is a really good security person ever going to go to your company? Mm-hmm. um and then you're going to have a hard time recruiting them on top of that and then you're going to get somebody who's not very good that you're going to have to spend a lot of time and resources to train up and meanwhile they're they're doing the wrong thing. not just when i say these people are not very good, i don't mean like they don't quite follow everything I'm saying. I mean, they're saying wildly incorrect things that we've known to be wrong for, you know, at least 20 years. Um, so that's just the opposite of helpful, uh, you know? Like, I mean, why, why bother having that person on staff at all? Um, and if that's where we're starting with, then all the subsequent problems related to automation or whatever get more dire. We need them even more, like, more quickly, and th- we need them to involve less people and, be more self-sufficient, et cetera, and and collapse the experts into choke points where we can kind of have everything flowing to them from whatever random industry and whatever boring company you happen to run uh, so that you don't have to worry about hiring and firing. That's all just centrally managed because um, I don't see, it's not a skill shortage. I think we have more and more skills every day. I think as a per capita of companies, the skills have gotten worse uh, on average.
1: Well, and it it opens the door. I mean, certainly some of the things I've seen when uh, prior to Scythe, you know, working especially in city government, where you it, it opens the door when you don't have that technical knowledge needed, that bare minimum for a position, and a vendor comes in or someone and they change a setting or they deploy a product incorrectly, or even your own people are deploying it, using it, not not maximizing it. And then it's kind of like, surprise, uh, we just, as you said, that same old issue, and you look and say, but we bought shiny object over here to fix that. Well, yeah, but If you don't take it out of the box, yeah, you don't know what you're doing with it,
0: (laughs) and and that's the problem. Like I'll tell people, like, here's how you do it, and they're like, no, 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 we're gonna do it this way, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't, it won't work. (laughs) The internet doesn't work that way. Like, (laughs) ouch, Uh, you know. Yeah.
1: So how do you battle that? I mean or how okay. do you... All right, believe...
0: we're, on, we're on to number two, all right? <laughs> oh, there
1: you go.
0: Oh, we like this. So second problem is that no one knows what they own. Um, so this is where bit discovery comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's kind of worse than that. Um, people seem to be kind of uninterested in knowing what they own because they feel like it's going to introduce more work. It's like, well, (laughs) I already have so much work. I don't want to know more of things that are wrong because I've already got all this stuff going on. It's like, yes, but how do you know what to focus on because you don't know what's out there? Like you Mm -hmm. could be working on all this stuff down here, but really, there's some really, really terrible stuff that you should be focused on way first or or whatever. Or it might be very easy to fix, but you just aren't even looking at it. So you don't even know to do that um and so but they're kind of like weirdly arrogant about it like well we know what we need to know it's like no you don't you you can't even begin to make that claim because you don't know what you don't know uh, <laughs> um so that it's a very awkward weird conversation and then we'll, we'll also have similar kinds of things like people will say like xyz is out of policy so we don't have that i'm like okay great well let's take a look oh here it is you have it and they're like no no but it's out of policy i'm like I know but you have it uh so it kind of <laughs> doesn't matter if it's out of policy or not it's sitting right there and, and they're like nope like they're just, And the conversation never goes any further than that and i just like how how do you how did you get this job uh it's very very and, shocking well, very shocking
1: and it- And that, you know, when you give them that look of utter disbelief, and I'd say this is where I would have my teacup and just start sipping. (laughs) But that doesn't protect. And when you think about the companies that we're talking about that, yeah, they're boring, but maybe they're providing a critical service or someone somewhere is relying on them. And that's not a sufficient answer that, you know, uh and when you're talking about policies, what do you mean? So when you're saying it's out of policy, just to clarify kind of level set, insurance policy, uh internal policies, contract policies. All of the above? Ah uh,
0: <laughs> can you hear this? Should we Mm-mm. stop? Oh, good. Mm-mm. Oh, good. Excellent. Uh, it's it's definitely going off. Um, okay. So no, I at agree. least you
1: expected it. Uh, yeah, right. And <laughs> we will absolutely uh, note to the, yourself, this if is a hard we'll cut.
0: If, if you can't hear it, then we could just keep going because it doesn't actually bother me very much. But uh, I just want to make sure you're okay with it. Yeah. All no, right. Do I'll do just do. I'll just keep going then. Just keep going. Yeah. So I I really like the idea of having a standardized policy It's something the industry never got around to doing, but you know how we have like OWASP top 10 and we have like the WASP threat classification and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. We really should have the idea of a standardized uh, set of policies, open source that uh, like lots of companies contribute to like, well, if I, if you need this type of compliance, then you have to turn on these, you know, handful of Mm -hmm. compliance documents or whatever. But like, I think we spend probably close to a billion dollars a year uh, with consultants, high value consultants that are just basically cutting and pasting. Um, there's no reason for that. Uh, and they're doing it wrong. If I've actually <laughs> walked into some very large companies and their policies are like, and I'm not joking here, they're from the nineties. And the mm-hmm. problem is that security has changed a lot in 20, 30 years. You know what I mean? Um, and I know for a fact that a lot of those policies are actually counterproductive. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, if if you just had some centralized uh, company out there, uh, call it a nonprofit that just Mm -hmm. handled this problem for everybody, it's like, well, these policies are out of date and we now know things and let's change them. And, And you don't have to ratify them in your company. You can take a look at them and say, oh, I'll take the best of the parts I like and remove the rest. But for most companies, I think they just say yes. Like, okay, great. Someone's dealing with this for me. I'll handle it and just click the buttons. These are the five things. Here's the name of my company. Here's where I. Here's my mm-hmm. geography. The couple, of, you know, variables you have to know. Um, and then, boom. There's your policies and procedures. And so,
1: yes, I think so there's wait, room that's room for one that of the here. dirty secrets of the legal world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with a lot of contracts and stuff, I'll find I'm like, wow, you just cut and pasted this. Uh without any attention to what our actual process is. uh, my personal favorite is when you find three different policies covering the exact same thing, mm-hmm. but big gaping holes in other stuff. So exactly. Now, I yep. like having a more centralized of going as long as you've adopted and kind of like the menu, you know, uh no, you've already ordered the crust of your pizza you need to move on to the sauce now. Okay, mm-hmm. now you've picked whether you want sauce, no sauce. Like, I like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's a very simple idea. It wouldn't be very difficult to do. And people like yourselves who have expertise could look at it. Occasionally you'll get a copy mm-hmm. of it and you're like, ooh, no, there's this, you didn't know about this one thing. And then everyone gets the benefit of your knowledge um, without having to spend the dollars necessary to hire every good lawyer who would ever have some minor input into this global thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and it'd be very easy to localize it to different languages and so on and so on. So yeah, I love the idea uh, just, it's one of those like long down the list of things I need to go tackle at some point with somebody. <laughs> um, in your free time. In my copious free time, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so back to the number three problem, uh, cause I think this is all kind of related. Um, If let's say somehow we know what everybody owns, Uh, let's say that's magically done through BitDiscovery Mm -hmm. or whatever means, Uh, let's say you just, you happen to really be good at it and you know by yourself, Um, people don't want to scan everything. Uh, We get in this (laughs) conversation like, well, yeah, but that would be expensive. Uh, We get way Mm -hmm. more vulns. We don't want more vulns. We want less vulns. How do we get less Mm -hmm. vulns? And so, and even if we wanted to scan everything, the scanning companies can't. They Their infrastructure cannot handle scanning every single website on the planet. They just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we look at them and we ask them, like, well, what would if we gave you 100,000 assets to go scan one company, let's say you have 100,000 assets, that's an order of magnitude more than all of their customers combined. Like, they just couldn't. Uh, <laughs> they have to design new architecture to, to take on even one client that decided to scan everything. Um, and so if we're not scanning everything, and you don't want to scan everything, even if you could scan everything, um, how could you make the claim that you are getting any more secure? How do you know? Uh, you mm-hmm. might be just wasting a bunch of time uh, on stuff that just truly doesn't matter. And prioritization is all wrong. Uh, like, people are saying, like, like high, medium, low, like, stoplights. Like, mm-hmm. this is bad. It's critical, or whatever. So how do you know it's critical? Based on what? Based on... Mm-hmm based on another asset or based just purely on itself, because that's not very useful information. Like if it's a critical vulnerability in something that's sitting in a basement somewhere that's not connected to anything, who cares? You know, like it's not, you can't pivot to anything. It's not in behind the firewall. It's just sort of sitting there. Uh, That is not a critical vulnerability. Your losses are gonna be zero um, or, or next to zero anyway. Even if the worst thing possible could happen on that box, it's still, nothing compared to let's say a medium level Vuln whatever that means on your homepage let's say mm-hmm. um so prioritization's a disaster uh, like truly a disaster um well it changes yep i mean it it,
1: or at least it should yeah, um I depending on the week the day the you know i mean even the cert alerts like you know kind of getting like oh wait we found something else nope nope, nope just getting that thing I <laughs> told you was really important. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, yeah. That's been a kind of a, only because I don't, I'm not responsible for the fixes. It becomes fun to watch some of them coming in going, like, again, with the tea or the popcorn. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, that one was bad. Oh, well, good thing we didn't, dip, like, hmm, yeah. Uh, Just imagining the IR teams and the blue teams weekends just getting shot going, well, bah, fudge, you know, like, Mm -hmm. bad so
0: and you're you're absolutely right it it should change let like let's say one day you're sitting there it's kind of like a medium level vuln, not very interesting and it's kind of expensive to fix so you kind of don't want to fix it and because the chances are like unlikely that anyone will ever find it and then next day anonymous hates your guts for some reason and everyone's attacking you and they're going to find that vuln and they're going to go after it as hard as they possibly can so the risk went wildly way up in just one day uh or maybe even a few minutes um or let's say you're like, hey, let's put this thing behind a WAF. Well, the vuln's still there. What are the chances mm-hmm. of someone's going to do WAF evasion to get to that vuln to do the exploit? It's like, well, the likelihood went way down, but the exploit's still the same. You know, the the, yeah. ex, the, the, the amount of bad things you could do is identical, but the, but the likelihood has gone way, way, way down. So uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff like that. This prioritization is an absolute disaster. And really, prioritization should be based on money, um, which is mm-hmm. one thing that... I, I, I still can't believe our industry hasn't figured this out yet. Um, it shouldn't be based on high, medium. It shouldn't be a stoplight. uh shouldn't be high, medium, low. It should be, well, we think this thing's going to lose you about $5 million because of what we know mm-hmm. about this asset and likelihood. And it'll cost about $100,000 to fix. So you divide those numbers into one another, and it comes up with a score. And everything that scores high, you fix everything down to the literally the number one. And anything below number one, you just don't... This doesn't make sense. It's more expensive to fix yeah. and it's worth to you and that's how the insurance companies are thinking so I, I can't figure out why security companies haven't figured this out yet but um and then so let's say i get like a massive vulnerabilities like this huge enormous vulnerability because i'm scanning everything now it's all prioritized mm-hmm. properly let's say for the first time um I can't handle that. Like I went from a thousand volumes before and now I have 10,000 or whatever. Yes, they're Mm -hmm. prioritized, but there's still 10,000 volumes to look through. And like, I'm not going to do that. Even if it's prioritized, I'm still not going to do it. I might make it to whatever my team can manage to go through. But remember my team has gotten significantly worse over the years, uh, not better. So this is like way more dangerous to have them going off and doing whatever they're doing before, because they just, they're less and less qualified over time per capita. Um, and and i think there's a lot of brain drain too a lot of like really good people are leaving the industry for some reason and that's that's even worse um going to other places like insurance for example we've lost <laughs> we've lost a lot of people like all the binary edge people went over there for instance to Coalition. Mm-hmm. uh but anyway um so we need wafs we need wafs to work and we need them to work automatically um not like the not like auto patching in the sense that it just uh, figures out what to do. But in the sense where a centralized group of people manage these referrals and you don't think about it and they just automatically get fixed. And so the only ones that would be left are things that are super weird, custom business logic stuff that like it would break your like eBay needs cross-site scripting to exist. Otherwise you can't put auctions up. So obviously mm-hmm. they're not going to bro- block that. Otherwise all auctions go away. Uh, but they, <clears throat> they can block, let's say a SQL injection or something, you know, that's easy. Um, And so you're left only with the business logic stuff, which is the complicated, you know, critical to your business core, to the way your site works type stuff, which is a much smaller set of issues. That's going to be, like, less than a tenth of the issues. So you're Mm -hmm. back to 1,000 volumes, but now they're properly prioritized. So maybe only 500 are worth fixing, which is less than you started with. And you're way, 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 way more secure. And then you need insurance to to basically uh, ensure that this design will work. Because the problem is no CISO is going to say, yeah, cool, I'm going to put my my job on the line uh, with this concept. They're, they're just not going to do it, not if they're smart anyway. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what they should do is say, OK, I'll believe you if you warranty it and ensure the downside. So if the bad thing mm-hmm. happens. Um, you're putting your own money on the line, not my money on the line. Um, and then I'll trust you because then your incent- all the incentives are aligned and it makes sense that you would lose your money if you you messed up somewhere along the line. Uh, and then lastly, we need to stop stuff that just doesn't work like SAST. Um, SAST really should not be used at all unless it's like a truly, unless it's an app where you know a lot of people have access to the source code or something. Because... We've done a lot of analysis over the years, and it finds less than 1% of the same issues that Dask does. 1%, like it, it just seems crazy to me to spend time and money on something that is super unlikely to find anything that's useful. Um, mm-hmm. it's a little, di- it's a little different if you were like running WordPress and everyone has access to WordPress code. Cause it's, you know, commercial off the shelf, whatever, you know, open source code. But if it's just some tiny little app that you built internally and no one's ever going to have access to source code, but you're, you and your team and nothing particularly critical is going on there. Like, I just can't see spending more money on things with a wildly large amount of false positives, but B <laughs> just not finding things that matter. Um, not, yeah. not that the attackers are actually using anyway. So that's the one I'm a little iffy on. That's the 11th. Um, so anyway, a lot of problems. <laughs>
1: yeah. well, and so when you talk, when you think about that, and I know, um, NTIA just released their SBOM, you know, guidance on their latest executive order and stuff. Do you think solutions like that are going to get us even closer when we talk about some of these apps that you know, you've developed internally? So having that, uh, bill of materials available that the users could see Mm -hmm. will help. I mean, because I don't think that covers the other problem. I mean, that gets... I think it'll help,
0: though. I, I, You know, everything Mm -hmm. helps a little bit. But what I'd be wary of is spending a lot of time chasing down any individual aspect of every single thing that is made everywhere in the world when you already have a lot of really serious issues that are sitting right there that are much more likely to be directly attacked. Um, it's not to say that supply chain management, oof, I mean, this is a big ball of wax. So <laughs> it's not to say the supply chain management isn't a problem, it certainly is, especially when you're talking about uh, code dependency issues. That That is a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. Um, but it helps if you have a good inventory because at least then you could say, look, where is all the stuff that uses Anything that we can spot publicly that has X Y Z, you know, you know, some old version of jQuery or whatever that we know is backdoor mm-hmm. or something, you know what I mean? <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't personally, if I was a CISO, I wouldn't spend a ton of time doing that type of analysis unless you know it's truly vulnerable. If you know it's vulnerable, yeah, absolutely go after it, um, yeah, assuming it, you know, it's prioritized properly. Assuming it's not on some site that doesn't matter. This is all back to that prioritization problem. See, I think you can prioritize everything. You could, you could prioritize, you know, Navy SEALs breaking into a nuclear submarine on the same graph as you could, you know, someone getting a paper cut because you're leaving the paper out. Right? It's all the same graph of risk. It's just that a lot of those risks are very unlikely or very low damage. And when you get to that 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 distribution of the curve where those things are true, or it's very complicated to fix, like heartbleed. Or sorry, not heartbleed. That was easy to fix. Um, Uh, The one where um, you could uh, extrapolate information out of memory. I'm spacing on the name of it. Um, um, Rowhammer. Rowhammer (laughs) is a particularly pernicious issue if you don't basically do forklift upgrade of RAM from, like, you know, normal RAM to error correcting memory. And you can look at that and say, well, that's a pretty bad vuln, you know, being able to read out of memory. that's, That's pretty nasty what are the mm-hmm. chances my cell phone is going to have rohammer attacking it and then what is the cost of fixing it my cell phone or every cell phone in the company is you know maybe got a thousand people working our company it's 100 bucks each or at least mm-hmm. for a low-end phone that might have error correcting memory or something it's enormously expensive for a very unlikely attack so <clears throat> i don't think people like this i don't people like the idea of leaving vulns alone and pretending like they don't matter but i but insurance companies know they don't matter. There's only a certain amount of vulns that actually lead to real business loss. And they tend to be things like, do you have a VPN that's you know publicly accessible? Um, do you have um, RDP that's publicly accessible? SSH that's publicly accessible? Because they're gonna do brute force on that stuff and try to break in. Well, then you better have second factor authentication on them, et cetera, et cetera. And, I
1: was gonna say, paging Colonial Pipeline. You yeah. know, know where those outlier your assets and inventory is and track it. Yep.
0: And ideally have backups. One of the funny things mm-hmm. I heard about them is they did have backups, but it would take too long to do the backup. Uh but that should be something that's built in their risk model. Like, well, we need a faster way to back up. Try it. Exactly. Try it one day. Try it to see what yeah. it would take. Oh, it would take a week. We're going to be down for a week. Does that sound good from a business perspective?
1: Right. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> and I mean, those are, but those are the kinds of things we harped on on the show before. You know, having a plan, but knowing the plan and knowing the implications of is it going to take a week well then maybe this isn't the best plan mm-hmm. like oh. it, yeah yep
0: <laughs> yeah It's that's a tricky one because a lot of people they're like i don't have time to even do the stuff i'm currently doing why would i spend a whole bunch of time war gaming out the worst case scenario why don't i just fix the things i know they're wrong so I, the worst case scenario thing doesn't happen <clears throat> unfortunately things like well, ransomware in general kind of proves that that is the wrong way to think about things. You have to spend some amount of time <clears throat> doing some sort of disaster recovery planning and, and we're gaming it, actually trying it out because worst case scenario, yeah, it's it's something really bad, like, you know, a crypto locker type thing or, you know, best case scenario, it's your own team doing something dumb yes. and uh, which is way more likely, actually, on average. And so if you don't have a plan, you know, someone accidentally removes all your backups and, You know, I've actually had uh, uh, issues where um, multiple air conditionings failed, uh, and it caused overheating and caused all the drives and the backup drives to all fail as a result of multiple overheating. It was basically like a big, like almost a nuclear meltdown. And um, (laughs) so, yeah, we had backups but we didn't have them off site <laughs> uh which we totally should See, have you
1: know i'm only laughing because at the atlanta airport we went through the issue with uh, our generator and we are like well we had you know power we had a failure uh power went out fire at one of the substations the redundancies and the backups were basically in the same space mhm so, <laughs> they now have generators uh, mm-hmm. and this massive plan, but it was like, hmm, didn't think this through, did we? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, well,
1: and point. so one of the things with CISO stressed uh, is stressed as desserts spelled backwards, mm-hmm. and uh, desserts being a way to basically. And cap off a good meal. So, think. So, what's something you do? It could be a dessert, um, but to cap off a good day, a bad day, you know, what is something you? What is one of the desserts you uh, <clears throat> leverage?
0: Um. Well, uh, I'll watch really super trashy TV, um, specifically awesome. stuff like sixty. Is uh, it sixty days? in or something 60 days locked up 60 days i forget how (laughs) what what it is but that i can't there's only a handful of tv shows that are like that that i cannot believe they actually were able to make them that one uh whale wars and amish mafia i'm like how
1: how did you get mafia
0: i oh it is crazy it's a it's a an actual thing it's a amish group of people who walk around beating people with bats and it's amazing amazing show and you can actually look up their arrest records this is all real uh or real enough you know shut they have to the drop front door, door. Oh, okay but I, I love it because it's real and you can't believe they made it and these people are really putting themselves in actual danger and and the craziest things happen and you're just like every one of these people are idiots and it's wonderful it's wonderful i learned a lot about human behavior uh <laughs> And uh, then I drink myself to sleep. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those, one of those, I mean, it's not that bad, don't worry. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I uh, definitely have to take myself down a notch at the end of the day, otherwise my brain just keeps spinning and I gotta, yeah, you know, kind of take it down.
1: Well, it's you spend all day problem solving. The problems haven't gone away. And, you know, just because it's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock midnight, you know, whatever. So absolutely. Well, the end. So, Robert, where are some of the places folks can find more of your insights? And I mean, because you're not shy about sharing thoughts, papers, uh, presentations, et cetera. So where can folks find more of your work? Yeah,
0: so um, at our snake on Twitter, um, I post a little on LinkedIn. I post more stuff on the blog these days on bitdiscovery.com's blog. Um, and then um, I'll be at Black Hat. Um, I'm actually on the CISO selection committee um, for Black Hat. So uh, if any of you CISOs are out there, want to hang out or you know just talk or whatever, happy to chat. Um, but also you know happy to field questions directly if someone has anything they want to chat about. I. I find that there's not many people who can have serious conversations about security. They kind of always like dovetail into total nonsense about, you know, culture or the the what's going on with the latest trends or whatever. I'm like, I no, that's uh, yeah, that's not what's really happening. What's really happening is we're getting hacked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how do we get in front of this problem? Uh, so it's really nice to have real conversations. And so if someone wants to have those with me, more than happy to you know feel them directly. So you can email me robert bitdiscovery.com.
1: Well, thank you. And yeah. I'm, you've been listening to "So stressed brought to you by Scythe Check out Scythe's, uh YouTube channel. I'm your host, uh, Liz Wharton, uh, at lawyer Liz on Twitter, find me as well. And thanks again for sharing the like 10 asterisks, uh, <laughs> slash 11, uh, problems because uh, you've certainly hit the nail on the head several times and appreciate, uh, Yeah, (laughs) Sherry. My
0: pleasure. Thanks for having me, Liz. No, thank
1: you.